0: Hey there, this is Shoot the Flick. I'm Frankie Sparks. And I'm
1: Scott Eisenberg.
0: And we are a married couple who like to shoot the shit about movies.
1: That we do,
0: that we do. And this week is our Valentine's Day episode.
1: Love is in the air. Ah
0: yes, it is the day after Valentine's Day. So maybe not as romantic as it normally would have been. We are recording this well before Valentine's Day, but I'm sure Scott and I had a wonderful time. Yes, we did. Enjoying the romantic festivities. Oh, yes. All the romance. All the candy, all the flowers, all the stuffed animals that they sell at Target.
1: Yes, exactly.
0: So um, in, in a shocking turn of events, Scott is the one showing me... A romantic film that I have never seen before. <gasps> you know, you know us women, we're all about the ooey-gooey romantic drivel, usually, aren't we? Our hormones and things. But, uh...
1: <laughs> I never said any of this, by the way, just but, saying. But,
0: uh, this time around, no. It's Scott opening my mind and my heart to a romantic film. Scott, what movie did we watch today? Well, we got on a little
1: plane ride. Landed in... Jolly old London, and went to Notting Hill.
0: (gasps) Released in 1999. Ooh, baby.
1: And Notting Hill is one of those rom coms that
0: is so sweet. It is very sweet and very cute. And within the first 10 minutes of watching this movie, I came to the conclusion that it is the most British movie to ever have Britished in the history of Britain.
1: It is very British. I love this fucking movie. I really do. I was listening to other podcasts talk about this. Oh boy! It astounds me how many people are like. I like it, but God, it's so
0: bad. And I'm like, no. People say outright it's bad. Yeah. Why? Why do they? What is their argument that it's bad? Like.
1: Anna Scott's just mean to Hugh Grant's character. I'm like, no, it's it, there. It, like, there's a point to all of this. It's more realistic than most rom coms. Both characters are very flawed, and you don't get it. The music choices people have problems with at times.
0: The music. I wasn't aware that like the music in this movie was so very distinct, and like they they make a lot of distinct choices in the soundtrack that are good. I very much liked the music choices, actually. I did, too. It it just,
1: I don't know, people just seem to be very against this movie.
0: Hmm, that's interesting, because I've known it to be, like, kind of an iconic romance movie.
1: Yeah, exactly. What were the only things you knew going into this?
0: Um, well, I knew Julia Roberts and Hugh Grant. I knew Julia Roberts was basically playing Julia Roberts, and Hugh Grant was a British guy who owns a bookstore, and I knew the iconic line: the uh, you know I'm just a girl standing in front of a boy. That thing, and that's it. That's all I know. I don't know anything about the plot going in.
1: But the thing is, most rom coms, that's the line that ends the movie.
0: Well, yeah, A line like that is usually kind of in the end scene where the couple typically gets together and it's a happy ending. But, yeah, I was also surprised when it came up in the movie. I'm like, well, we still have, like, 20-ish minutes left. Okay, interesting. So, yeah, I I agree with you on that. It is weird. But But they do still have their big, like, reunion scene at the end of the movie. Well,
1: again, because both these characters are flawed. Both these characters make tons of mistakes in this budding relationship.
0: It's definitely not a perfect union. (laughs)
1: No, it's not supposed to be, but no union is perfect.
0: Oh, what about ours, Scotty? Ours is
1: amazing. I'm just (laughs) saying,
0: nothing is ever perfect. That's true. So let's get into some preliminary fun facts here. This movie was directed by Roger Michel and written by a man named Richard Curtis, who's very much known for the British romance film. He was behind such films as Love Actually, Four Weddings and a Funeral, Bridget Jones's Diary, About Time uh yesterday the the Beatles one that came out a few years ago uh so yeah he's well known for his British romance films and going back to the soundtrack that you mentioned previously yeah I didn't know the soundtrack had so many bops on it but it really does and I mean the music choices in the movie they're very loud and very like in your face the first opening song which was she by elvis costello it was it like immediately just like she she like okay all right yeah i hear you i hear you elvis i got it thank you okay um so it kind of it it hits you in the face like a truck right from the beginning but there are other choices in the movie where music kind of aids the scene that i really enjoyed so i'm not mad at the soundtrack or the writing Uh, i'm not really mad at anything really at all in this movie it's kind of a corny turn your brain off kind of sweet romantic comedy. I would say if you don't really like British humor you probably won't dig this as much. I like British humor generally. It's a lot more dry and subtle than say like a happy madison production or something like that but i compared myself watching this movie to me reading like a trashy romance novel like i like to read a lot i like to read more challenging books sometimes different genres or whatever but like sometimes i just want to chill out and read a trashy romance and just turn my brain off and let my heart go a flutter and that basically is what this movie is i feel like
1: It is. Uh, I also feel like Richard Curtis does a really good job writing not just relationships, but like friendships. This movie has a great friendship core to it as well.
0: Yeah, there's a lot of good supporting cast in this
1: everybody does such a good job and you understand generally where everybody's coming from for the most part
0: except Reese siphons you never really know where Reese well, is Reece coming Iffi- from
1: in this movie well Reese siphons we're gonna is, talk about him is a wild card the man was sleeping in a tent to try and aid his performance of this movie
0: oh that makes sense was he living in a tent that was posted up in a dumpster like Oh my God! We're gonna talk about Reese Ifans in this movie. I I have thoughts. Also on a bunch
1: of other podcasts, he seems to be the most divisive character in the movie. Uh huh. Because either you love him, or you hate him.
0: I mean, I pretty much hate him. I don't hate Reese Ifans. I like Reese Ifans. We've discussed him on our show before. He plays one of the supporting characters in this movie. One of the quote-unquote friends in this movie Uh, but we've talked about him before we did the replacements he was in that movie we talked about the harry potter movies he played luna lovegood's dad so yeah like he's he's been around he's fine but uh yeah in this movie he's almost intolerable he's the bloody welshman oh my God. god and then this movie has the temerity to try to bring him around at the end and make his character like cute and shit and i'm like no no, <laughs> I refuse. Oh,
1: I love. I him. reject you. <laughs> I love him so much. He's such a fucking lunatic, but it's great.
0: So, uh, Scotty, yes? without further ado, are you ready to get into the nitty gritty of am- this thing?
1: I am ready. So we start with "She," as Frankie said, by Elvis Costello. A, a little,
0: little abrasive.
1: A little. It's a little bit, but it's it's meant to be like. This whole thing of celebrity, and she's called a goddess in this movie at one point.
0: Right, and, and the she we are referring to, of course, is the character by the name of Anna Scott, played by Julia Roberts. She is obviously still, to this day, a huge celebrity. She's been in several, uh, you know, romantic films before, including Pretty Woman, I know her from, Steel Magnolias, Aaron Brockovich, The Oceans movies, just, you know, everything and anything. She was quoted as saying that she believed this script to be the most romantic script she's ever read at the time, and uh, they rewarded her for her kind words by paying her fifteen million dollars for this role, which was roughly thirty-five percent of the budget. While our leading man, who is the main narrator and through line of this movie, Hugh Grant, was paid like seven to ten million. So we know where the real money is coming from. We know who's putting the butts in the seats. Damn straight. Her character of Anna Scott is sort of supposed to be a mix between Audrey Hepburn and Grace Kelly, which makes sense because the the character of Anna Scott comes off very much just like a, a nice, wholesome, like all American girl, but with a touch of that regality and celebrity that kind of puts her above the mark in a sense kind of similarly to Julia Roberts in real life as far as her public image you know she's seen as a very prominent typical American actress you know what you think of when you think of an American actress supreme and then we cut to Hugh
1: Grant and his life in Notting Hill he is a little bit of a down on his luck travel bookstore owner
0: Yes, I feel there's definitely a significance to the fact that he owns a travel bookstore because he's a divorcee. He's stuck living in this shitty house in Notting Hill with his flatmate, who we'll discuss resyphons, as I said. Um, but yeah, he he owns a travel bookstore. There's the running gag throughout the movie where people come into his shop looking for like you know novels and real books and shit, and he's like, no, just travel books. He he seems stuck in this rut, so to speak, and he wants to like have sort of an adventure and get out there in the world so he surrounds himself with all these books about different exotic places that he can go and it's it's kind of on the nose as to like what this character is but hey it works because this isn't a movie where you have to think very hard to get the point but Hugh Grant does play our main guy William Thacker he's a Richard Curtis movie staple he's been in several of that guy's movies love actually four weddings and a funeral Bridget Jones diary so he's he's used to this bag of romance comedy film
1: Hugh Grant is one of those guys he's usually our foppish gentleman
0: indeed he is in this
1: as Frankie said he's recently divorced from his ex-wife who left him for someone who looks like Harrison Ford
0: Ah, yes. It seemed like a a personal attack because they mentioned him multiple times in the movie. Like, I don't know, someone someone didn't like Harrison Ford, apparently. Well,
1: I think they think he's (laughs) good-looking. This movie does that a lot. They reference things and then drop them and have them come back later on.
0: Well, that's the thing, too. They make a lot of popular culture references in the movie because Anna Scott is a celebrity, so they reference, you know, Leo DiCaprio, Mel Gibson, Demi Moore... Uh, you know they reference all these celebrities in different movies But yet it never seems dated Which is nice and, and rare I think When you make a lot of pop culture references in your movies
1: Indeed So Hugh Grant goes to his house His little flat with the blue door And he we meet Spike Played
0: by Reese Iphens. And Spike is Disgusting A mess Disgusting like, you know how when we did the Warriors episode uh, last season and I made a reference to that movie saying, like, the whole thing looks like it smells like cigarettes? Yes. Well, every time Reese Eifens comes on screen, it looks like he smells like cigarettes and garbage and rotten food that's just sitting out in the corner for, like, two weeks. Like, moldy gross food you know what i mean Uh, yeah that's what i said that's what i smell that's what i feel in my soul it's just yucky
1: well i think even with all that hugh grant enjoys spike's company for the most part
0: well well i think at this i don't think i think he tolerates him because like rent money and stuff and like he doesn't want to be alone maybe But, like, I don't know if he enjoys necessarily. They kind of try to convince us that he does enjoy him by the end. But it's questionable.
1: So Spike is getting ready for a date. And this is kind of how we know who Spike is immediately. He wears some of the most disgusting shirts.
0: Bizarre-ass t-shirts. But finally he settles on one that is... uh, The front of it says, You are the most beautiful woman in the world. Hearts everywhere. And then Hugh Grant's like, oh, that's perfect, man. Enjoy your date. And then he goes up the stairs, and on the back of the t-shirt, it says, fancy a fuck? And it's like, okay, (laughs) got it. Cool.
1: Gross. I'm on board, sort of. Yes. So Hugh Grant goes back to his travel bookstore where we meet his co-worker, Martin, and who walks into the shop?
0: (gasps) Anna Scott. Anna
1: Scott walks in. Hugh Grant knows who it is immediately
0: they play it very realistically where like he looks up and like does a double take and you can like see the wheels turning in his head it's like that can't be is that what the fuck like they play the interactions with the celebrity stuff in this movie very realistically which i appreciate
1: and hugh grant talks to her about a book about turkey you know doesn't bring up the fact that she's anna scott at all and as they're having this interaction, he knows this is another man trying to steal a book from his store by stuffing it down his trousers.
0: Ah, yes, that—that that was a good bit with uh, Rufus, played by Dylan Moran. I wanted to mention that this is his film debut, but he had a uh, pretty prominent side role in uh, Shaun of the Dead. And what's even funnier, I know this because I like a lot of British media he had a tv show in the 2000s uh called Black Books where he owned a bookstore <laughs> like it was a comedy a british comedy show that just made me laugh cuz he's in this movie stealing books from a bookstore
1: <laughs> that's the other thing this movie they'll have moments where it's like almost like a tense little moment and then they'll interrupt it with like a quick gag about a guy trying to stuff books down his pants
0: yeah i really liked the bit between Dylan Moran and Hugh Grant cuz it just it solidified for me that oh, this movie is so British. Okay, what if I did have a book down my trousers?
1: Well, uh, ideally, when I went back to the desk, you'd remove the Duggan Guide to Bali from your trousers and uh, either wipe it and put it back or, or buy it.
0: I'll be over there at my desk when you're ready, and he just like walks away and like, oh, <laughs> that was very British.
1: But he immediately, of course, Rufus knows this is Anna Scott. And is like, can I have your autograph? Oh my god! (laughs) And Anna Scott gives him the autograph that says he should be in jail.
0: I enjoyed that whole bit because uh, if, like, if that were to happen, let's say in a bookstore, like in New York, it would be a very different conversation. But like a British argument, as such, is like the same vibe, but just very subdued and polite. (laughs) It's like, ah, I see, I see. We're in England now.
1: (laughs) Yes, very much so. So Anna Scott buys her books and she leaves. Hugh Grant decides he's going to go buy them orange juice, even though they just had cappuccinos. But digress. <laughs> he goes. And who does he run into and spill orange juice all over? Anna, Anna Scott.
0: Scott. <laughs> what a meat cute. Once again, we love a good meat cute times an- two. And
1: Anna Scott is quite angry <laughs> because orange juice.
0: Right. Yeah, for sure. So he invites her over to his house, which is right across the street. He's like, I'm right over there. House, blue door, right there. You can change. I'm sorry. I'm very, very sorry. And uh, they have, like, the most awkward and yet, again, cute interaction in the house. Like, that's th- like there's not going to be much uh, in-depth analysis going into this film outside of Aw, this was cute. Aw, this was cute. Ew, Spike is here. Oh wait, no, no, we're back to being cute. Okay. <laughs> That's the extent of our analysis for the most part, uh of this movie.
1: Yeah, but I think Hugh Grant and Julia Roberts actually do have good chemistry. Even in this scene, which is so silly with them in the in his flat.
0: You can just feel like the tension. Like there's something and the Butterflies.
1: There is something there between them.
0: Mm-hmm. Like he
1: offers her apricots and honey, and goes on the whole speech about apricots and honey. Yes, and it, tr- it
0: makes the it makes the apricots not taste like apricots, but you know, it's still nice. And like, what the fuck? Like, what are you saying? He just, <laughs> There's a celebrity in your he, house. He can't
1: help himself. He just keeps talking.
0: Yeah, they're just they're just very sweet, and their dialogue is very sweet and cutesy, and like filled with sexual and romantic tension. And then she leaves, comes back, knocks on the door. She's like, oh, I forgot my bag. And I was like kind of thrown a little bit because they're talking again. And she just leans over and kisses him. Like kiss like like a big old romantical kiss. And I'm like, whoa, that escalated very quickly. (laughs) What the fuck was? Okay. I mean, you just met this man like. Ten minutes ago, but all right, you know I'm not judging you. He's Hugh Grant. He's very attractive. Okay,
1: and, and I, I assume at this at this point, even if she kisses him, they're never gonna see each other again.
0: Yeah, I yeah, I mean, you know, she what she wanted to like show him a good time before she left. <laughs> yeah, might as well. Fuck it. I mean, okay. All he, right. was, he seemed like a good guy. You know? I mean, yeah, maybe it was partly that too that like she appreciated that this guy was genuinely nice to her and treated her like a human it's not like he never acknowledged that she's anna scott like at one point he's just like okay i had to say this like you're beautiful okay i'm sorry i'm done i i just needed to say that
1: this was surreal (laughs) but nice yes
0: like he acknowledges that like she's anna scott but also like for 99 percent of the time she's like well it was lovely meeting you all right bye bye and have an apricot you sure you don't want a honey apricot okay bye bye like just very normal and she probably appreciated that i'm sure in scenarios like this in film where there is a, a celebrity or, like, a, a royal person, like, there's another romantic film that I just thought of in my brain. It's the genders are switched, but The Prince and Me, where it's, like, a prince of some country. <laughs> I forget what country it is. I'm sorry. Prince and Me stands. But he goes to college like a normal boy and then meets Julia Stiles. And she's a normal American girl. And they fall in love. And you know, he appreciates her and falls in love with her because she sees him as just a guy. And it's a similar thing. So it's not a new concept to base a romantic film on, but it still comes off very realistic and very down to earth, which I I appreciate. Exactly. Because so many of them just go so over the top and so schmaltzy. And, like, this movie is, is cutesy for sure. Like, there are a lot of awe moments to be had but like oh you never feel like it's hollywoodized ironically because one of the characters is a huge hollywood actress you never feel like the movie itself is hollywoodized
1: the other thing i always seem to have a problem with rom-coms in general is it always seems like one character is generally pretty much perfect and the other character is the flaw. It's like
0: a, a schlubby ne'er-do-well. Like, oh, this, you know, how does this girl like me? I'm just a schlub. I'm Adam it's, Sandler. And yet somehow I've <laughs> gotten Drew Barrymore in my midst. How did this happen? Multiple times. Like that kind of thing, yeah.
1: But as much as like these two people are from two different worlds...
0: You but- realize like you're, you <laughs> they come from two different worlds, and they're... <laughs> You're, you're you know they come together in harmony like you know maybe in in um you know high school musical it's kind of like high school musical
1: it's kind of like every romance ever
0: like high school musical
1: like romeo and juliet
0: oh you like romeo plus juliet now? no 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 like the origin- baz lerman's romeo and juliet <laughs> fuck,
1: the, <laughs> fuck baz lerman oh. oh
0: god I- <laughs> wanted to get on Baz Luhrmann so we just watched Elvis last night and we had an experience over here oh man the
1: only reason to watch Elvis is Austin Butler
0: that's accurate not gonna lie Baz Luhrmann just vomits his pea soup of Baz Luhrmann all over that movie and I mean man Austin Butler must be tired from carrying that entire production on his back (laughs) (laughs) because god knows tom hanks was out to lunch somewhere you we just talked about tom hanks like not too long ago with big and it's like oh god what happened to you sir did you are you at the point now where you don't care i mean that's fair i guess you've done enough sir but like come on come on tom where were you man (laughs) anyway we went off track there continue we did
1: go off track um we do get a little bit of a gag that hugh grant asking spike has anybody called me and he goes, oh, yeah, this girl, Anna, left a message, uh, something about staying in the hotel, and she was under uh, another name, and I don't remember it. <laughs> He's like, you don't remember the name? <laughs> uh, eventually he does, and he does call Anna
0: Scott. I think there's a reason why both Hugh Grant and Julia Roberts were the first choices for our writer and our director, because they... They clearly do have a lot of chemistry. Well,
1: uh, from everything I've heard, Hugh Grant's not the nicest guy in the world. Well, yeah, he
0: seems like he's kind of a dick, but I mean, you know, that's okay. A lot of celebrities are dicks.
1: So Hugh Grant buys flowers.
0: That was so cute. And then he goes into like her dressing room or whatever, and she's got like huge bouquets and shit everywhere.
1: He gets roped into this press junket for this movie, Helix.
0: Yes. I like the commentary they do about like Hollywood and about movies in general in this movie where like you see Anna Scott's career and like how she does like these big blockbuster movies that are kind of shitty and then later on in the movie she's talking to Hugh Grant about like her career and stuff and he basically says like oh you could do like a real movie you know what i mean like like a like a serious fucking movie and uh, not henry, like some bullshit uh,
1: a henry james picture yeah
0: and then like later on like towards the end of the movie she's doing like this period piece like where <laughs> big floofy dresses because it, it, it i just like that because for us doing shoot the flick we talk about that all the time like the differences i guess between big blockbuster movies and more like quote-unquote Oscary type movies that we've talked about and like how expectations are different. And it's just, yeah. As a movie connoisseur, it was interesting to see that aspect of it as well. But,
1: uh, yeah, so Hugh Grant gets mistaken for a writer for the magazine Horse and Hound.
0: But it, it was weird because, okay, he gets shuffled into a room with Anna Scott. And he has to pretend to do this interview with her. And he's it's very cute. He's asking her questions about horses and hounds in her movies. And it's like it's so awkward and she's like well we could have more horses but this movie is set in space so it would be kind of difficult and they're just like trying to go through the rigmarole
1: well because the pr guy's there and
0: which why can't you tell the pr guy that you met a guy and y- i don't know i mean i get- well, well he's not gonna tell on you because we find out later spoiler alert she has a boyfriend but the pr guy's not gonna tell on her but um what i found weird Was that after he is kind of forced to to leave Anna Scott to continue her business, press people are like, ah, come in this room now. And he has to then interview all these other people that have done this stupid fucking movie and ask them questions like he's seen the movie and gives a fuck about it. And I'm just sitting there like, just leave, just walk out of the room, be like, oh, I'm sorry, excuse me a minute, and then leave. Like, what is the problem? Go. (laughs) Like you don't have to be here but then no we have to keep him there for a the humorous bits that we are going to do and b so that at the end of the press junket julia roberts can come in and be like ah that thing i was supposed to have to do i don't have to do it anymore so i can hang out with you and he runs like ah yes please
1: he's like um i forgot i have this thing with my sister it's her birthday but i can cancel she's like i'll come along with you i'll be your date for some reason, people have a problem with this. Like, she invited herself along for this. I'm like, no,
0: it's cute. It's like. I, don't, I didn't see it that way. I saw it because originally he said, oh, no, I'm sure I can get out of it. And she's like, well, no, I'll, I'll just come with you. It's fine that didn't seem weird to me in that way it seemed cute that she was like oh no i don't mind i'll go to your sister's brother i'm like i'm cool
1: and they go on to their friend's house
0: yes now the sister on the other hand is not so cute no this sister- is she's creepy as fuck and we want her to go away
1: honey is honey is a bit of a mess but we meet william's friend group and
0: uh they're all very british and very nice
1: very nice very british i'd like to compare it to like stephen king's it they're like the losers
0: well they all got like some problems well that that's a thing of it too that is in this movie it's essentially humanizing celebrities They're, that's an aspect of the movie that we talk about here because they basically all go around in a circle and talk about how fucked up their lives are like one of them you know has a shitty job that he hates uh honey is a hot mess their friends are married and the wife had an accident, then ended up in a wheelchair, and she can't have kids. And it's it's a lot of uh, sad everyday life, normal person type shit. And then we get to Anna Scott, and she's like, "Well, I can, you know, I got some shitty stuff too." And then she talks about how she's been on this like regimented, strict diet from when she was a teenager. So she's like, basically, I've been hungry for a decade, and like, girl, I feel you. I love food. I could never do that. <laughs> i love it too much and then she talks about how like everyone has these expectations of her and they only see her as one thing one day not long from now my looks will go
1: and i will become some sad middle-aged woman who looks a bit like someone who was famous for a while
0: no nice try gorgeous
1: but you don't don't fool anyone they're cute they really are
0: everybody's cute (laughs) God damn it. It's like I said, it's a realistic reaction to a celebrity kind of being in your presence in like ordinary circumstances. It's like you kind of do a double take. You're like, what the fuck? And then, you, you know, when she leaves, they all do like a little squeal, like, ah, Anna Scott was in our house. And Hugh Grant's like, oh, they do that for me every time I leave the house. They're so annoying. And <laughs> it's like, oh. And Anna laughs. We have like the typical, what you think. That situation would be with Honey, who kind of, like, is obsessive and, like, oh, my God, I love you so much. And then everyone else is just kind of like, holy shit, it's Anna Scott. But, like, you know. They calm tries to, Yeah, exactly. They kind of calm down and try to be at least somewhat normal and, like, you know, be a human being.
1: But, uh, yeah, when they leave, they go break into a private garden.
0: I think so yeah it's like a little like mini community with a pretty garden and stuff and she makes out with him and it's very cute again very cute 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 we should have a cute counter every time we say cute
1: yes cute a lot cute they sit on the bench oh the
0: bench do we have to mention the bench because at the end the bench comes up again and I was like squealing so we have to mention the bench
1: there's this little bench dedicated to this couple who live their lives together
0: yeah it's like old couple and then uh, there's like a thing on the bench and it says like dedicated to lady so-and-so who sat on this bench every day and just hung out and to mr so-and-so who always sat beside her and it's like oh so cute and then she sits down and she's like here come sit with me and it's like oh cute 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 and it's just do you get it it's cute it's cute it's fucking valentine's day lighten the fuck up it's cute
1: they go back to anna's hotel and Anna invites him up to her hotel room.
0: Oh, fuck. Here we go.
1: <laughs> she's like, give me five minutes. Mm. He's like, okay, sure. He waits his five minutes, goes up to her hotel room, all like, yeah, this is going to be... Um, Anna Scott. I'm about to get fucked. <laughs> fuck, man. Knocks on the door, and she's like, "Um, my boyfriend's here. And he's like, what?
0: Ah, uh, her boyfriend, Jeff, played by alec baldwin
1: Hmm. now a weird Hmm. time to bring this up now
0: Hmm. um so like fuck alec baldwin in this movie because like he's a cunt he like makes a comment about julia roberts not eating too much because he doesn't want to go around with a fat girlfriend which um like it's first of all it's julia fucking roberts you cunt. second of all (laughs) fuck you third of all you you're going to get in trouble for manslaughter. No, no, no. Fuck you. Fuck you in real life. Just fuck Alec Baldwin. And fuck everyone that's going to go to jail, hopefully, for manslaughter. Okay, continue. Now, the only
1: defense I have here because...
0: Not for manslaughter.
1: Not not for manslaughter.
0: (laughs) We're we're past the manslaughter talk now. We're
1: past the manslaughter thing. He technically is getting cheated on. (laughs) Oh,
0: fuck off.
1: But again, this is kind of like a celebrity kind of thing where they don't see each other for months out of the year. So it's kind of hard for them to keep like a relationship going and it's a weird thing. And Richard Curtis, I think, does a good job making this character so unlikable.
0: That yeah, that we don't care, really, that she technically is cheating on him with Hugh Grant. It would have been nice... Would have been nice if she mentioned that to Hugh Grant at some point, but this is like one of the first real like heartbreaks that Hugh Grant experiences in the movie. Where like he feels a certain rejection. He shows up to the hotel room. You know they play it off like he's uh, room service and he treats him like room service and it's shitty. And he kisses her right in front of him. It's
1: gross and oh god. He does say you feel yucky. Eighty six those dirty dishes.
0: Oh, no. He says, adios those dirty dishes. Adios those dirty dishes. Why don't you adios yourself, sir? And
1: they don't see each other for a couple months. That's the thing. This movie takes place over an extended period of time.
0: I like that, though. Because the thing about a lot of romance movies, too, it's like... It, it, it's a whirlwind. Right. But part of the reason why this comes off as more realistic, I guess, is because there is so much time spanning out and they're in and out of each other's lives over a span of like at least a year or two like he kind of like lets her go a little bit but he's always thinking about her in the back of his mind and then she comes back and you know same same story different verse that kind of thing but yeah
1: he has his friends who are like and they take him on a couple of dates with some random people I bring this up because he has, like, a montage of dates.
0: Which all kind of suck, except one. But, like, he's still not really into it because he's not over Anna. Yeah. Which, again, is realistic. You know, if you haven't gotten over somebody, you don't really... You can't really see anybody else, even if they are perfect, you know. But, yeah. Can we talk about the one? The one? (laughs) That one?
1: (laughs) The first one he gets introduced to is this, like, frizzy-haired lady who walks and immediately, points to his friend who's in the wheelchair and goes, You're in a wheelchair!
0: i don't even i like screamed like at the i i'm like who says that when you first meet someone you walk in their house their house this woman's house that's in a wheelchair you walk into her house and you see her in a wheelchair and you just go when you first meet someone first time you see them you're like oh you're in a wheelchair yeah yeah bitch <laughs> you have eyes fabulous like who does that?
1: Who is saying that? Who said that? Who said
0: that? Who said that? If I were her husband, this is, see, this is why British people are British people and I am not British people because if if that had happened in my house, i mean like, uh, yeah, fuckhead, get the fuck out of here. Who the fuck do you think you are? Like, I, <laughs> are you fucking crazy?
1: Well, She does play it off really well. She
0: does. She's honestly a great... That's why she's British lady, and (laughs) I'm not.
1: (laughs) Well, she's honestly a great character just in general. The brief interactions we've had with her, she's really good as a character.
0: Yeah, well, because that's an aspect of this movie, too, where, like, you know, when stuff goes wrong with Anna, there is sort of a, a juxtaposition sometimes placed with her and Hugh Grant's friend, who's in a wheelchair. Later on... When things go wrong for Anna, Hugh Grant is just like you know, have some perspective here, and she's like, just because, you know, I'm going through shit that's different than hers doesn't mean that my shit isn't. Just because I'm a celebrity doesn't mean I don't have fucking problems. Which is fair, you know. I feel like still to this day people have that perception of celebrities where it's like, oh, well, you make a bajillion dollars, so you can not have problems, not have problems, and you know the problems you do have, well, you. Just have to deal with that because that's the price you pay.
1: So he's walking through the streets, and we do get a quick glimpse of... Apparently, Anna has had some nude photos leaked, and he goes back to his flat, and Anna Scott shows up at his flat.
0: She's like, I don't really... I didn't know where else to go, and I just need somewhere to be that like I'm gonna be safe and he invites her in and they spend some time together and again it's just like when she's with Hugh Grant you just completely forget that she's a celebrity and she just immediately changes like she completely kind of lets go and just becomes more down to earth and just becomes a person.
1: Spike also does meet her here and is like gross (laughs)
0: and then later on like anna scott is sleeping upstairs in hugh grant's bedroom and he's downstairs on the couch fucking spike comes in and he's like so okay let me understand this you're into her right and she's here and she doesn't have a boyfriend and like wouldn't this be a Golden opportunity for you to like go up there and like you know hmm, I'm well if he had any tact he'd be like you know make your move but he just says slip her one fuck Spike God damn it <laughs> he's so gross and then Hugh Grant's like no go away and he's like well do you mind if I have a crack at it no <laughs> go away Spike you're so disgusting. And it does come down and make the move. Yeah. And they, 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 you know, they get frisky.
1: Oh, yeah, they do.
0: They're just so very, very sweet together and genuine. Again, this, uh, you know, like we've been saying, it's a very kind of like but turn your brain off, turn your heart on kind of movie where you can just kind of like sit back and enjoy watching these two people fall in love.
1: She makes him breakfast after in the morning, too.
0: Uh, yeah. This is where it goes wonky. This
1: is where it starts going wrong.
0: Hugh Grant opens the front door and there's a bunch of fucking press people out there.
1: Yeah, he's in his boxers and a t-shirt. Oh, boy. And then he closes the door and turns around and he's clearly just like dumbfounded because Anna's like, what? What's out there? And she goes to open the door and sees the
0: paparazzi. Which he could have very easily not. He could have very easily been like, wait, 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 there's camera people out there. People don't do. open the door Again, But he, no he didn't do that well
1: people do point it out that like yeah he could have stopped there but i think he's so shell-shocked
0: but- i know i mean i think listen i don't blame him i think that richard curtis just wrote it like that for the drama of it but in reality hugh grant's character could have very easily been like whoa, whoa whoa wait wait like grabbed her arm like wait don't hold on <laughs> don't open the door
1: but Spike does go out there in his underwear. And of flexed. course he
0: does. In his nasty, tidy whiteies, halfway up his ass crack, he goes out there and shows off his pale, <laughs> pale, skinny body, caked in grossness.
1: Adding maybe, possibly that Andy Scott might have had a threesome here. We'll let that go because that probably would have been Ew. in some journals
0: disgusting anyway yeah she gets pissed and they kind of have a fight well you
1: know it's just one day tomorrow today's papers will all have been thrown out
0: you really don't get it
1: this story will be filed every time anyone
0: writes anything about me they'll dig up these photos newspapers last forever i'll regret this forever i felt so bad in that moment i'm like Oh, so you regret being with him And it's like, oh no Well, <laughs> it made me sad because it made him sad. And then it goes into like a really cool sequence where again, they're kind of separated for a while and they end things kind of badly and they have this whole sequence where he's walking down the street and it you see the seasons change over ain't no sunshine when she's gone. ain't no sunshine when she's gone she's always gone too long anytime she goes away it's like a really good music choice and yeah like it stands out because it's such a a well-known song but i really liked the sequence i liked how they shot that and how they showed the progression of time and she's still on his mind somewhere it was just a good way to show that. I thought it was really creative.
1: Yeah, it is. Definitely. That is.
0: And she also has like a great speech about breasts. We didn't even talk about oh, that. Oh, God.
1: Yes. Such great.
0: <laughs> oh, my God. Like she just said like everything that's ever been in my inner monologue when when thinking about guys with boobs. It's like, why, why are men so obsessed with breasts? Like so many people have them. Your mother has them. Like why? Why with the boobies? Why?
1: Meatloaf has them.
0: It's just weird, but it's funny. I was like, that was a good speech, because not for nothing. I might cut this, because it's funny, but, like, it's like dicks are gross, right? Dicks are gross. Like, women, heterosexual women don't see a picture of a dick as, like, ooh, baby, baby. That's not what, like, turns us on. But for some reason, you men, like, see boobies, and you just, like, you're like, ooh, God. Like, I don't understand. <laughs> it's just a, a big chunk of fleshy meat like i don't get it just like a dick is i don't get it
1: it's yeah i i, I, I you shouldn't treat boobs any different than dicks but you i know mean what? you
0: should <laughs> let's let's be real you definitely should but <laughs> you absolutely should treat a dick differently than you do a dude uh, a dude <laughs> than you do a boob but i i digress have i turned everyone off yet <laughs> You're welcome,
1: I can't explain it it is hardwired, um, as we said, we have fast forwarded
0: yeah, a year at least, right,
1: yeah, about that and and they're having a dinner, the friend group, and you know they're talking about like different things, and he's like i I've kind of think I've finally gotten over her. Honey does announce that she's getting engaged,
0: okay, this is the part of the movie that made me upset, <laughs> so they shoehorn in that honey and spike are now in a romance together and they're going to get engaged which um no no we're not gonna make spike cute now okay you spent the whole movie making him repulsive you can't just like flip a switch and make him cute now because he's with the creepy sister in the movie that doesn't no. He's still gross. No. I reject this. I reject this plot point.
1: Their hot messes work together. No.
0: No. 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 He's still disgusting.
1: He fixes himself slightly. No.
0: When? When do you see that? You see him? Because he puts on a button shirt? Yes. Stop. Stop this. <laughs> this is absurd. A button shirt does not a man make. <laughs> Listen, if you wanted to like rehabilitate Spike, that's fine. That's something you could do in your movie, but don't do it in the last like 20 to 30 minutes and think that it's going to mean something. It's absurdity. Absurdity, I tell you. Uh
1: but one of the friends does let will know that even though he says he's over Anna, that she's in town filming her latest movie.
0: Ah! So, of course, despite the fact that he says he's over her and doesn't want anything to do with her, he goes down there to where they're filming the movie and goes to see her.
1: And she immediately sees him and comes over to him, not really knowing what to say, but, like, there's things as she said there are things that need to be said mm-hmm. and she invites him onto the set and uh he goes and sits down they offer him earphones to listen in on her microphone yes
0: and this is where she's doing the big frumpy like you know uh period piece movie
1: the one he suggested
0: <laughs> right so that was cute too i was like oh
1: and at this point, she has also won an Oscar because that does come up in the newspaper. Did she win it? Yeah, she won an oh, Oscar.
0: Oh, okay. I didn't realize she won it. Okay, cool.
1: Because she has now become a serious actress.
0: Cool, man.
1: And she's talking to a guy, and he goes, "Who's who was that gentleman that came onto the set that you were talking to? And she says he's nobody. He's just a...
0: He's just a guy from my past. And it's like such an awkward situation. I don't even know why he's here. And Hugh Grant obviously heard that and was, like, dejected. So he just, like, slips out of there, takes the headphones off, and leaves.
1: He goes back to his bookstore. Mm-hmm. And uh, Anna shows up there with a gift.
0: Yes. And I knew because I had seen the iconic line from this movie. I'd seen a clip of it so i knew it was coming because i knew it's like in the bookstore and she's got the blue outfit on i'm like okay she's about to say it so like is this about to be over and i look at the time and it's like oh there's like 20 minutes left so like it's what's what's happening i don't know what's happening ah and then she gives him the gift which is an original of this painting that's in he's got a copy of it yeah in his apartment and that moment where he shows her the copy of the painting and like they talk about it it's funny too I wrote down the line I said cause it's basically like a fucking uh, it's like a lady and then there's a goat with playing a violin playing a violin yeah and <laughs> Julia Roberts just goes happiness isn't happiness without a violin playing goat and I was like I'm writing that shit down I gotta remember this happiness equals
1: <laughs> violin playing goat
0: so she gives him the gift And she basically says, hey, I'm leaving, you know, we're done shooting the movie. But if you wanted me to stay, I would hang out for a little while. Maybe we could, you know, we could be together for a little bit. And he's like, I'm going to politely decline that. I really like this scene because you really feel bad for both of them because you get totally where he's coming from and also where she's coming from because he just doesn't want to get hurt again and he's like listen I really like you but I feel like I'm just gonna get fucked over again for a third time and I really don't think I can handle that so no and then she's like I'm also just a girl standing in front of a boy asking him to love her I'm just Anna and it's like "Aw, oh man And and she's like crying I just feel bad
1: and she leaves and he goes to his friend group and he's like I did the right thing, right? They're all
0: standing there silently.
1: (laughs) Until fucking Spike walks in and goes, you daft prick.
0: (laughs) Which, okay, why why does he have to be the voice of reason? That just seems foolish. (laughs) Because Spike doesn't give a shit.
1: Spike's one of those people who, everyone's trying to cheer up Will and be on Will's side, and Spike's the guy who's going to come in and just be like, I'm just going to tell you what it is.
0: Uh, I guess, I guess, I guess. And then she
1: goes, she did say one other thing. She did say she was just a girl standing in front of a That's light, what
0: broke everybody else, too. <laughs> Not just me. I was like, oh, okay.
1: Asking him, asking him to love her. And they all look at him, and then he's like, fuck. I made a mistake, haven't I? <laughs> Damn
0: it. Oh, no. Okay, we got to go.
1: <laughs> Max, how fast is your car?
0: <laughs> we got to find her.
1: So he gets into Max's car, and... Max's wife who's in the wheelchair isn't gonna come he's like fuck that she's coming
0: yeah no (laughs) no she deserves to be part of this magical moment so he like picks her up and puts her in the car it's very sweet and then they get stuck in traffic at one point and, you know, they've really tried their hardest to redeem Spike at the end of this movie because he literally gets out of the car and I'm like, oh, is he going to make like a Martin Lawrence-esque scene in the middle of the street and just like distract everyone so they can get through? Which is, I mean, kind of, sort of the, the vibe. But He basically just stops traffic and, you know, everyone's screaming and yelling and beeping at him while the car goes through. And then they finally get to this hotel or whatever where... Anna Scott's having a press conference and her publicist is there with her. And he's like, you know, Anna Scott's going to be taking a break for movies for a little bit. But, you know, she will be leaving London tonight. They're wrapping up the press conference and little Hugh Grant is out there and he raises his hand. <laughs> and he's like, ah, oh, yes, you, sir. What, what would you like to ask Miss Anna Scott?
1: And he goes, uh, thank you. And he's like, uh, so... honestly i can't even do this justice this this whole fucking question of
0: well because some asshole had asked her before like oh well you had a a previous encounter with a a nice british man uh, while you were here last time what what happened with that and anna scott's just like oh nothing he's he's a friend or whatever and then hugh grant raises his hand to ask a question and he's like well um what if this friend could be like more than a friend (laughs) What
1: if he admitted that he was a daft prick and got on his knees and begged you to reconsider? And she's like, I would reconsider. And she asked the guy who asked her how long she was going to stay in London again to ask his question again. And she goes, indefinitely.
0: And then everyone's like, ah! And then everyone realizes Hugh Grant is the guy from, you know, the sordid uh, affair in London. And it's just, everyone's like, ah.
1: But none of that matters now. It's just the two of them staring at each other while all the chaos happens around them. Yes.
0: It's, again, very sweet and very cute. And uh, I do like that they don't just end it there. They really do kind of give them a little bit of an epilogue where you see where their life ended up. Because I feel like everyone's first instinct would be like, okay, well, this is nice for right now. But eventually, you know, their worlds will collide and they won't be able to stick it out and they'll break up, you know, because c'est la vie. But they do give them quite a bit of an epilogue where they stay together, they get married, uh, are gonna have a baby and like the last frame of the fucking movie is them sitting on the bench from before the little lovey-dovey park bench and it's just so chill like Hugh Grant's reading a book and she's laying on his lap pregnant as fuck just chilling holding hands and I'm like oh my god it kind of reminded me of Before Sunrise where Ethan Hawke and Julie Delpy are just kind of like laying by the fountain just looking at each other and like not wanting to leave like that moment and just like soaking it in, it was really nice. And then, yeah, they have like a happily ever after kind of thing. And it's again, it, it like the premise is crazy and you know, highly unlikely and very fantasy fulfillment, but it's still really nice.
1: <laughs> well, even like they do show Hugh Grant going to the red carpet with her at one point,
0: and he like is shitting himself.
1: But it's like, it's all, again, this movie's so realistic and so, as much as it is wish fulfillment, like, oh, you date a celebrity, it's sweet, it's fun, it's goofy, it's everything you could want in a rom-com.
0: Yeah, I will agree with that. It's two people with a great deal of chemistry. Uh, again, it is very Britishy. so if you're not down for that, I can understand, you know, it not being your cup of tea. Uh, no pun intended, but yeah, it's, it's just really kind of a laid back, just chill, turn your brain off, cuddle with the one you love and enjoy a little like, you know, cutesy shit. It's fun in that way. I like it a lot.
1: I do as well. And I'm glad we got to watch it together. So Frankie, what would you rate Nodding Hill
0: I gave it a four out of five stars. I really enjoyed it a lot. Uh, as far as rom coms go, it's one of the better ones because really the main requirement is to have, uh, you know, two leads with great chemistry. And it definitely does that. And it's like we've been saying this whole time, we've said the word cute and the word sweet probably about 500 times throughout this entire review but that's what it is and that what it that that's what a movie like this is supposed to be so it definitely hits it out of the park in that regard but despite all the cutesiness and the sweetness there is an element of realism in that you believe that these two characters are real people and you believe that they genuinely care about each other is it kind of a whirlwind wish fulfillment type thing yeah do you maybe have to turn your brain off a little bit to get fully into the story and kind of go on this journey sure but that's with a lot of movies so I don't fault it for that I think people that shit on it maybe shit on it a little too harshly perhaps I mean I don't know what podcast Scott's been listening to that have shit on Notting Hill but yeah I think it's more than it's iconic line you know that's all you really know about this movie going in I feel like most people but uh it's more than that it's it's very romantical and fun
1: indeed I gave it a four and a half out of five I agree with everything Frankie said I love this movie it's been a staple for me for a very very long
0: time damn
1: oh I do have another quick bit of trivia that for Frankie uh oh
0: no am I gonna like it
1: well, do you know who at one point lived in the apartment above the travel bookstore in real life? Who?
0: Adele. Aw, cute. That's very cute. That's uh, That's appropriate.
1: So that was just a random bit of trivia I learned. The queen. But again, Notting Hill, happy Valentine's Day. Go spend it with your significant other.
0: Yes. Well, we already had Valentine's Day. No. But hey, you can spend the day after Valentine's Day with your significant other too. That's Okay that's fine that's totally fine do what you want listen valentine's day is a commercialized holiday okay we don't need to have a day to celebrate the ones we love we can do it any old day of the week any old day of the year it doesn't matter indeed now with all that said this week we celebrated valentine's day with a very romantical beautiful sweethearty movie um next week I've decided to balance the scales by showing Scott the least romantical, least Valentine's Day movie you ever did see in your fucking life, bro. And I'm excited about it because we will have a special guest as well who also has never seen this movie. And I'm I'm really excited to hear what both of them think about this film. It's going to be interesting. I'm a little scared, but excited. So until then... This has been Shoot the Flick. I'm Frankie Sparks. And I'm
1: Scott Eisenberg.
0: Make sure you check us out on Instagram and Twitter at Shoot the Flick. And check out all of our episodes on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and iHeartRadio. And pretty much anywhere else you can find a podcast. And make sure you come back next week for our non-lovey, non-dovey movie adventure.
1: I'm just a boy on a podcast with a girl. Asking her to love him.
0: Oh, well, I got something to do, so I'm gonna go.